So we've been sharing uh, about Bible heroes and lessons we learnt, we've learnt um, from them. And we concluded that week. And, you know, I was reflecting and praying and um, searching for what God wants us, where God wants us to go from here. Um, and I was just looking at doing something really, really short and sweet, but something that God wanted us to to know. And I'm going to be sharing over the next three weeks on um, the man after God's heart, David. And we're just going to be gleaning a few lessons from his life. This is a man who walked with God, who pleased God, who was not perfect, but someone who really pleased God, whose heart was after what God's heart is after. And um, God honored him because he honored God. So I thought it'd be wonderful if we glean from his life and learn. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We glorify you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord God, for your word and your blessings upon our life. Father, we ask that as we hear. Father, let us hear indeed. Speak to us in accents clear and still, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, we're going to be learning from the life of David. Hallelujah. The Bible says he is a man. He was a man after God's heart. And this is the kind of man that God uses, kind of woman that God uses. You know, I want us to go to the verse where this has come from. It's First Samuel chapter 13, verse 14. And this was Samuel speaking to Saul when the, the kingdom had been torn away from Saul because Saul had been disobedient and insolent. And Samuel said to him, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be prince and ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Hallelujah. God has sought out a man after his own. I want you to see or think about the time when God was saying this. God was saying this when Saul was still alive. In fact, Saul, you know, by when the, the kingdom was torn away from Saul up, up to the time he died, it was a very long period. It wasn't one year or two years or a few months. It was a very long time, which goes to show that sometimes the fact that you are in a position or you are in an office or you are um, seemingly anointed does not mean that God is with you does not mean that God is endorsing you or endorsing where you are. So we need to be really, really careful. And I want us to pay attention to what God has said. He said, the man after my heart. You remember when Samuel went to anoint David and went to Jesse's house and he said, bring out your sons because God just told him it's one of the sons of Jesse. And when the first son came, he said, ah, this is one. Let me arise and anoint him. And God said, no. I, am, I don't see people the way you see people. I don't judge people the way humans judge people. Men look at the outward appearance. You know, I was, 
I was um, looking at someone's social media the other day and um, there was a story of a lady who had gone, gone for a contract, competent, and she'd gone to kind of pitch um, for a job and she didn't get it. And she, she, she blamed it on the fact that she didn't package herself well, okay? You know, because the people who got it, she believed they packaged themselves better. They came looking very dressed up, came in a very posh car. You know, it doesn't matter where you get it from these days. You know, you just have to play the part, you know, fake it till you make it. So she came dressed up, you know, looking very clean, came with a very nice expensive car, you know, expensive stuff and came in and this other lady just came in her camry didn't dress up too much she just felt well i have experience here they're going to think they're going to look at what i have to say not the way i look and she didn't get the job even though she felt she was the most qualified for the job what does that tell you this is how men george this is how men look you know men look at the outward appearance another woman was said oh i actually got a job because of a bag i was carrying i went for a job interview and someone oh my god that's such a lovely bag um you know some sort of expensive cock bag oh that's such a lovely bag oh and because of that mm, i like you gave her the job why shows you have good taste you'll probably be able to do the job that is how men see no that is not how god judges god looks at your heart god looks at what are you thinking god looks at your motives why are you doing the things you do so you can come out and you know do you know pastor talked about compassion um on tuesday and talk about philanthropy you know and what's that it's just being kind and giving and donating what you have to others but do you know the truth the, the reward from is actually the motive because some people are doing that to be seen what does the Bible say? You have already gotten your reward. When people clap for you, when people say, well done, you've already gotten your reward. So the motive is what God is looking for. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you actually care? Are you doing it because you actually love people? Are you doing it because you are moved by compassion? Or are you doing it to be seen? Are you doing it to raise your profile? Are you doing it to dodge taxes? You know? why are you doing what you're doing so this is what matters to god and this is what god was looking at and when god was saying this um david was in the bush with, with being a shepherd that was where he was he was looking after his, his 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 father's sheep you know his brothers were, were were soldiers his brothers were big boys and he was just a farmer but he's the one god had chosen he's the one who was after God's heart. What does this say? It doesn't matter where you are today. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing today. God is doing a work in you. And God has a way of really preparing his people in hiding. He, he has a way of preparing his people in secret. And by when they manifest, they are ready to come out. So it doesn't matter what he's looking like. Other people are looking like they're doing better than you. Other people are looking like they're way ahead of you. Do not despair. Do not despair. God has a plan for your life. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to hurry on. We have a bit to cover. So I want us to look at 
you know, just two examples of really how David's thought process goes, what David thinks about, how David not just thinks, but executes what is important to God. And let's read from 2 Samuel chapter 7 from verse 1. 2 Samuel 7 verse 1. When King David dwelt in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go to all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. That night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Shall you build me a house in which to dwell? For I have not dwelt in a house since I was brought, since I brought the Israelites out of Egypt to this day, but have moved about in a tent for my dwelling. In all the places where I have moved with all the Israelites, did I speak a word to anyone from any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to be shepherd of my people Israel, asking, why do you not build me a house of cedar? Now say this to my servant, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I was with you wherever you went. And I've cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make you a great name, like that of the great men of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel. And will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and be moved no more. And wicked men shall afflict them no more as formerly. And as for the time that I appointed judges, and as from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will cause you to rest from all your enemies. Also, the Lord declares to you that he will make you a house. And when your days are fulfilled and you sleep with your fathers, I will set you up after you, your offspring, who shall be born to you, and I will establish his kingdom. You know, David had built a house for himself. Lovely. Zion called it Zion. He, he was, you know, but he wasn't satisfied. He wasn't content. You know, I mean, this is a king. Everything is at your beck and call. You have it all. And God had given him rest from his enemies. So he wasn't even worried about enemies. He was fine. He should have been just content. But no. He said, ah, how can I be enjoying in such a nice house? And God's ark. You know God lives in heaven. So it's not that it's God who's living in a tent. But he was concerned about the thing, the things that pertain to God. Because that represented God's presence. It mattered to him. And he said, why should I be enjoying so much? And God's ark is in a tent. And you know, he told the prophet, and the prophet says, ah, go and do what you need to do. Don't worry, God is with you. But God spoke to him. You know. And God was so pleased. You know, God, God went backwards and said, see, I have always, I have always dwelt in a tent. And I have never, ever, Asked anyone to build me a house. So it's not even something that had come into my heart. It's not something I actually I even desired. You know? It's not something I desired. It wasn't something I was longing for. It wasn't something I was looking for. God was so pleased that he thought, he said, oh, ever since I brought these children of Israel out of Egypt and I'd had judges from all tribes, 
I've never spoken to anyone to build me a house. I've always lived in a tent. It's be, always been okay. But because this thought has come into your heart, because you have thought in this way, I will bless you. I will make, build you a house. I will make your name great. And not just that, God said, I will bless the children of Israel because of you. And then I will establish the kingdom after you. You know, just for the thoughts, not even the action. Because there was no house. <laughs> and David didn't even finally build a house because God finally told him, and you're not the one to build this house for me. You're not the one to build this house for me. You fought many wars. No, I'll give you a son who I will give God peace. He will build this house for me. House wasn't built. Nothing. But it was in his mind. It was in his heart. And God was so pleased. God honored him. This is what I want to call our attention to today. What do we think about when we think about God? Is it only what we can get from him? What we can take from him? You know, people, you know, say very wealthy individuals. I'm not talking about the one of the one percent. You know, if you really want to please them, if you really, really want to um, get along with them, any day you go to meet them, more than what you want to ask them or whatever, volunteer to do something for them. Why? Because they rarely have people volunteering to do something for them. They always have people who are asking them, give me, give me, give me, like leeches, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. You know, everybody has a tank and everybody wants to be poured into. You know, this is why we need to show empathy. We need to be mindful, especially people who are carrying a lot of responsibility. Because always, what can I give? What can I take? What can I take? What can I take? You know? And God is, God is El Shaddai. He has it all. He's self-sufficient, more than enough. You know, so even if all of us say, give me, and we can't finish what he can give. But still, it pleases him when you give him something. It pleases him when you think about him. So it's about high net worth, high net worth people. When someone comes to offer them something, to give them something, even though sometimes it looks suspicious, that why is the person doing this? But it pleases them because they always have people who are trying to take from them to think so this is this is this is what was going on here this was and i want us to you know really pay attention to to what god said he was going to do god 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 said i wish god said he would show him grace and favor he secured generational blessings just for the thoughts god blessed the people and god gave him rest from his enemies hallelujah so these are things you can benefit just by thinking about what you can do to please god i want us to look at another verse first chronicles chapter 29 and king david said to all the assembly solomon my son whom alone god has chosen is yet young tender and inexperienced and the work is great for the palace is not to be for man but for the lord god so i have provided with all my might for the house of my god the gold for the things of gold the silver for the things of silver bronze for the things of bronze iron for the things of iron and wood for the things of wood as well as onyx burials or burial stones stones to be set stones of antimony 
stones of various colors and all sorts of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, in addition to all I have prepared for the holy house, I have, I have a private treasure of gold and silver, which I give for the house of my God. It is 3,000 talents of gold, gold of a fair, 7,000 talents of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the house, gold for the uses of gold, silver for the uses of silver, and for every work to be done by craftsmen. Now who will willingly offer to fill his hand and consecrate it today to the Lord, like one consecrating himself to the priesthood? You see, God told David, you're not the one to build this house for me. But because it was a burning desire in his heart, because he really wanted to, you know, something, you know, when somebody says, no, 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 but you something you really, really wanted. You want to find a way to do it. You want to find a way to contribute to it. Even when they say, no, don't worry, not now. You really, really want to. And this is what he did. And he did it in abundance. I mean, he went big. He went really, really, really big. You know, he said, even though I can't build this house, because I've set my affection, you know, on the house of God, he gave, he gave very generously his private treasure. I mean, this is, you know, what you would hand over to your children, you know, what you have saved up and you should hand over to your children. He gave it for the building. It's like someone willing their property, they inherit everything they should give to their children, willing it to the house of God. And people do that. You know, he really, really, really wanted to please God in everything. And he was extremely generous when it came to the house of God. I want us to reflect on this. And what he gave was very high quality very high quality not just anyhow i want us to reflect on this how do we use our resources to honor god and we're not qualified off it i'm not saying you know you know when you think you know someone says if you want to know where your heart is just look at your bank account because where your treasure is where your heart is so you want to know where your heart is look at your bank account look at your expenses then you know where your heart is. Amen. How wonderful what David put together. And he made life easy for Solomon. He, he laid a great foundation. So a lot of Solomon's successes was because of his father. Let a lot of our children's successes be because of the foundation we have laid. Let us show responsibility to our children, to the generations after us, because of the actions that we are taking today. Amen. Let us be a source of generational blessing for our children. David was a man who thought about God continually continuously he had constant constant constantly thinking of what god wanted of how to please god psalm chapter 63 he says oh god you are my god 
earnestly will I seek you. My inner self tests for you. My flesh longs and is faint for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. So I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My whole being shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the night watches, for you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. My whole being follows hard after you and clings closely to you. Your right hand upholds me. It's like a love poem to God. You know, when you're in love with someone, you know, just you just toss and toss over the night. You're always thinking about the person. You're always thinking about the person always on your mind. Always have that present thought of that person. That is how David loved God. You know, it was like a love relationship, like a love and a lover, like a lover's relationship. I think about you, I meditate on you in the night watches. You know, when you turn around in bed, you're thinking about God. You're thinking about God. I cling to you. I earnestly seek you. I'm just seeking. I earnestly, desperately seek after you. Amen. Amen. This is the heart of the man God said is after his heart. This is a man that God honors. This is a man that God blesses. This is a man that God exalts. Are you a man or a woman after God's heart? Does what hurts, you know, what hurts God, does it hurt you? What annoys God, does it annoy you? What pleases God, does it please you? Things are called to examine our hearts. Examine our hearts. You know, our hearts are very, very deep. Very, very deep. To examine what we think of. I know when it comes to being generous, many of us feel, you know, a bit hesitant sometimes because we feel, oh, um, the pastors want to take my money and things like that. But really, as I said, it's the motive that counts. It's the motive that counts. And that is what God is looking out for. God is looking at the heart. Not just the actions. The actions are important, but the heart is what is important. It's even more important to God. And that is what I want us to reflect on today. What are the motives of your heart? What is the reason, the deep reason why you do things, why you are moved? And what are the things you think about? What are the things you think about during the night watches? What are the things you think about? What is in your heart to do for God? You know, when we, we come into a new year, we get into a new month, we're thinking, God, what you're going to do for me, God, what you're going to do for me. You know, I, I want to get the breakthrough. I want to get a new job. I want to get this. I want to get that. I'm believing God for this and that. Do we have things in our heart we want to do for God? Do we come into a year and say, Lord, this year I want to do this for you. I want to serve you more. I want to worship you more. I want to give you more than I've ever given. We come into into a year thinking, God, what do you want me to do for you? 
What can I do to make you happy? That is thought that pleases God. And that is where God wants to bring us to. Amen. So the few lessons I want to I want to stroke because I've, I've, I've said a lot of things. Is one is to make God the center of your life. Let him be the center of your life. Let him be, let him mean everything to you. But how do you get there? By really seeking after him. By really seeking after him and seeking after him and seeking after him. Communicating with him all the time. That is how you build relationships. The same way we build relationships in life by communication. The same way we build relationships or build relationship with God. Speaking to him. Spending time in the word. Worshipping. That is how we build relationship with God. That is how God begins to reveal to us his heart. Amen. Let your meditation please God. The thoughts, you know. Do you know you can you can control what you think about? You can push thoughts out of your mind and you can bring thoughts into your mind. You can do it consciously and intentionally. So consciously think about God and his kingdom. And then thirdly, be generous when it comes to the things of the Lord. Be generous. I would say be led by the Holy Spirit. But be generous. Don't hold back. When it comes to doing things for God, go first class. Do it and do it well. You're not doing it for man. You're not doing it for anyone. You're not doing it to be seen. That is why the motive of your heart is important. But do it generously. And then watch what God will do in your life. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We glorify you and honor you. Thank you, Lord God. Father, because the entrance of your word brings light. As we have heard your word, Father, help us to develop deeper relationship with you, intimacy with you, Lord. Father, let our heart hurt for what breaks your heart. Father, let our waking thought be to please you. Help us, Lord. For we've asked and prayed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, um, Pastor's continuing his message on Tuesday. On the magazine, we have been learning a lot. It's been brilliant. I mean, really, these are lessons for life. These are things that if we implement, if we implement, we will go further this year and going forward. Amen. We'll continue with our prayers on um, Wednesdays and Fridays. And for those of us in marriage college, we're having an excellent time in marriage college. For those of us in marriage college, we will be continuing in this new week. So God bless you. May he increase you. May he work things out for you. May he go before you. May he honor you this week in Jesus' name. Amen.